Welcome to the WeGo Places podcast, where we catch up with WeGo grads with unique careers and the roads they travel to get there. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at WeGo since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Max Russo, class of 2020. Today, we talk with Amber Del Rio, class of 2011, video content producer for the WNBA Chicago Sky. We're going to learn what it is like to be the visual director of a professional sports team in one of the biggest media markets in the country and what life was like in the league bubble during the 2020 season. Joining us today is Amber Del Rio, class of 2011. Amber, what do you do? Uh, So I'm the video producer for the Chicago Sky, the WNBA team here in Chicago. And I do pretty much everything from uh, marketing promos, uh, broadcasting, halftime features, commercials, in arena signage, uh, all the fun videos that you see during media timeouts in the arena. Um, and I create a lot of social media content, which has been my primary focus now that we are in the off season. I, wow. You do a lot. <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's, in, that's incredible. Like that would be like any one of those things would be one person's job and you're doing all of those. Oh my goodness. So what did you, what did you, do once you left WeGo that got you on the path to do what you do now? Um, Well, when I was at WeGo, I took broadcasting with Mr. Jennings and I just had so much fun during the film studies, especially um, in that class. So when I graduated, I decided to go into film and video studies and I went to Purdue University in in Indiana. And when I was there, um, I got into this program since it's a Big Ten school, we partnered with the Big Ten Network, and we pretty much ran the live streams for all the smaller sports at Purdue. So like baseball, softball, soccer, wrestling. And it was a completely student crude game from the camera ops to the technical directors to the replay ops, like everything was student run. And it was in that class that I really kind of had that moment where I realized like, I just, I love this and I was having so much fun. Um, So I knew that I was in the right field. And after Purdue, I moved back to Chicago and was just applying left and right to any place in the city that was really um, hiring in video production. But I really, really wanted to get into sports. So that was my main focus. Um, I had a couple interviews that didn't pan out and... I ended up going to a uh, career fair at Northwestern and all the sports teams in Chicago were there. So it was a great chance to really get yourself in front of recruiters and just pitch yourself in person. And so I went there and talked to a couple of teams and the sky was the most promising out of all of them. And I had an interview and was offered an internship with them a couple of weeks later. And uh, that's really kind of how I got into my role. Um, It was a little bit of luck in in right place, right time. But about halfway through my internship, my supervisor, she got offered a job at another team and was leaving. And she's like, do you, is this something that you would be interested in like doing what I do? Because I think you're ready for a role like this. And of course I said, yeah, and she vouched for me and I had a very informal interview with her boss who already knew who I was and I had talked to a couple of times. 
um, in the office. And yeah, I had an offer letter in my hand a couple couple days later. And- it sounds like such a great mentorship that she was looking out for you and uh, that it wasn't competitive at all that you were able to really learn. And then she was really able to offer the baton to you to kind of take off and go with that, uh, that job within, uh, within the sky. What were some of the initial, what was the initial work that you did uh, in your internship? Um, So when I was interning, I was only going into the office once or twice a week because during this I had already, I was, I was already graduated. So I was actually working a full-time job in retail as an assistant manager. And so on my days off, I was at the sky. And um, when I would go there, most of the time it was just editing um, little pieces for social media or a couple of like in arena series. And then once we got closer to season, I got to experience media day, which is amazing. And after that, it was all these little sponsorship videos that we were editing. It was that was what it was primarily at the beginning, and then uh, once season started, I actually got to be one of the cameras on the court, just getting courtside footage, which was a lot of fun. Because maybe not everyone knows what a media day is. What what does all that entail? Because uh, maybe people don't know why that's such a big deal for teams. Yeah. So media day is a day when the entire team is available. Everyone's dressed in their uniforms. And pretty much all the media outlets in the city come and they, they're able to interview the players individually. Um, the coach usually does a press conference. And that was also the day where a lot of the content for the season gets shot. And there's usually maybe like five, six, sometimes seven production stations that are set up and the players are rotating through it. And um, it's just a really long and hectic day. I mean, last year in 2019, when the last big media day we had, um, for me, I think I ended up spending the night on my friend's couch in the city because I still live out in suburbs. And um, I woke up and left her place around five in the morning, got to the office, and we had media day from nine to one, I believe. Then we had an hour to reset for the intro video shoot, and that went until about 5, 30, 6 o'clock, and then I had to also return all the gear after. So those are just really, really long days, um, but they're so much fun because we do get to shoot um, so much content, and it's just a, a different environment with the players where everyone's just in good spirits and, and having fun in front of the camera. I can imagine the coordination of your time has to be so unique because you not only are creating the content in terms of shooting it, but you're also editing it. And then you have to think about what your next move is. How do you manage your time? Because there's just so much on the development end and the editing. I, I can imagine that just has to be just you're, you're spinning so many plates. How do you, how do you manage that? Uh, so for me, it's real. I have a I use a planner and I try to write out tasks that I need to have done by this day and you know set like dead deadlines for myself even if it's not due at the, whenever I have that deadline written in my calendar. Um, but that helps me a lot. I do have usually like one or two interns year round that 
helped me a lot in terms in terms of like getting the social media stuff cranked out as quick as possible and and just kind of keeping up with that because that side of it is just a whole beast of its own and um and then just planning early like now I mean usually I'll start prep for our next season which won't be until the summer but I'll start planning like the intro video shoots and sponsorship ideas and all of that come January so just being prepared going into it has helped me tremendously but going back to like what you mentioned about mentors mentorship with my supervisor before she moved on she made sure that I knew all of that before I took over the role and and I just learned a lot by watching her and how she was able to manage it and balance it and keep herself on track and that helped me tremendously especially the first couple of years you mentioned something that's really interesting, not only that you about how you manage your time, but um, how do you approach the differences between the traditional media that you create, which would be the sponsorship pieces and maybe more of the set pieces for for uh, ads or uh, for any other type of promotion and 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 all that versus the type of very quick turnaround. You, you said that social media is its own beast. How do you, how do you develop the eye for, and the pace for social media versus what has to happen with more of the traditional media that you uh, have to create? Um, for social media and being so fast paced, um, the story is, is always going to be important for whatever video you're creating. Um, but for social media, there are more artistic pieces where, you know, you could just edit and try some cool effects and play around with things. Um, there doesn't necessarily have to be a story from start to finish. Um, where with sponsorship content, um, I try to have a more planned out and cohesive story pretty consistently. Um, I think another way to that helps me, at least, um, with sponsorship, I try to push that the content that's going to do the best is going to be player related, that even if it is a hype video or if it is highlights, like just showing the numbers that those videos do as opposed to something a little bit more traditional um, will do on social media specifically. So I try to like double dip essentially and, and overlap those. So we might have this, you know, awesome video series, um, like what we started uh, last year, a mini docu-series called In the Blue. And and it did fairly well last year on its own. And so this year I wanted to do it again, especially going into the Wubble season. And I pushed for it to get to be a sponsored element. And so that's something that we did this year as well. So you had, this is among the most unique years in my lifetime, being a fan of sports, um, be it football, basketball, baseball, and all of that is how there has been sport with no fans. And you were able to travel to the, did you call it the wobble? It was that? Yeah. Okay. The wobble for, um, for the WNBA. And can you describe um, the whole, as best you can, what that experience was like, where it was, and what day to day it was like to be removed, but then still kind of 
be productive and creative in really probably a really strained environment. What was that like? It was an experience and it's something that I will never forget. And I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to experience that. Um, I actually wasn't sure if I was going to be going down or not until about three days before I had to leave. So um, prior to that, we had to have COVID tests and I was on the list of people getting tested, um, but I was still on hold just because the travel party size was so limited through league protocols and uh, they needed to make sure they had all the personnel that they needed with trainers and, you know, coaches and everybody having their spot before they could decide if they had room to send someone from the front office. And so when they decided to send me, I packed my bag and was at the airport a couple days later. And I was a little bit nervous because I had never traveled with the team before. And I remember I was getting, I think I was just getting like a breakfast smoothie or something. And a couple of the players came up behind me in line and they're like, oh, are you ready for this? Like, this is a different lifestyle. Like, you think you can handle it? And I was like, great. Thanks for making me (laughs) feel a lot better about going into this. So we get down there and there were so many just protocols that we had to follow. We had to wear masks anytime we left our room. Um, There was hand sanitizer everywhere. There was Clorox wipes everywhere. Um, We were getting COVID tested daily. And um, it was tough the first couple of weeks just trying to figure out how to maneuver everything and, and making sure that we were following protocols and still being efficient. And I think after the first week and a half of games, it just kind of became routine and it got a lot easier. And we knew, you know, the practice schedule routine, you know, if we had a morning practice and afternoon we had off or vice versa. And if our game was later, then our shoot around was later. Like it just varied and and everyone kind of got used to it. Um, But in terms of production, it was it was tough because when I was down there, like I mentioned, I was the only front office person. So I did also have to help with um, like PR, getting the players on the Zoom calls, um, pulling them after practice and and making sure they got to the room that they needed to get to or if they had one on one interviews post practice, like pulling them, having the laptop already set up and the calls ready for them to go. Um, on game days, I also had to set up, you know, sponsorship elements that had to go up around, like all our, our seat covers, um, the mats and stuff on the ground. So I had to do all of that on top of the normal production stuff. Um, so it was. It I'm was exhausted listening <laughs> to what you just said. Wow. I mean, I'm dizzy with everything that you had to do. That must have been relentless in terms of just where your time went that had to have been so difficult because really as you're down there and this was it was this also in orlando no we were in bradenton florida which is uh, about an hour south of tampa okay now did were all nba teams similarly located there or were how what were how were they spread out so all the WNBA teams were, we were all on this campus. It was at IMG Academy, which is like a boarding school, high school. That's like for, it's one of the, like the top high schools for athletics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard and um, so this, it was huge. Like if you would have gone there, you would have thought it was a college campus. Like that's how big it was. Um, but they had, uh, they have a hotel and townhomes that were just like right at the edge of the campus. And then 
they had another set of like apartment condos that were on the far side. And so the majority of the players were in the villas and the condos and then all the team personnel was in the hotel. And then there were a couple of players that if they wanted their own hotel room, that's, you know, they could also stay there as well. Um, but it was all the teams were in this area and, and the hotel was really like the central area for everyone that's where you know there was a ballroom that's where they were doing the COVID testing that's where food was the cafeteria was uh the bar was and so it was it was weird at the beginning you know like ending up in an elevator with Sue Bird and you know Seattle's team and you know we play them like in a couple of days so um there were some some weird moments uh but it was it was cool to just be in that environment and see i mean a lot of the players like yeah they're they go against each other but they're friends and you know they play overseas together so there wasn't ever any any like beef or anything going on you know so you so you finished up the season there so you were there for two and a half months yeah yeah i got there at the beginning of july and then we got unfortunately knocked out in the first round of playoffs uh, so i came back around mid september what was the first thing you did when you came back? I, <laughs> I told my friend this, uh, and he was just like, you are such a Chicagoan. I went to Portillo's. Oh, well, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. um, I just, you know, I don't. when I was there, I, I made friends with a lot of the other content people from other teams. So I think the two that I hung out with the most were from Seattle and from Dallas. And there was just one day where we were talking about uh, fast food and just food places that were like native to our regions. And so Seattle was talking about in and out Dallas is talking about Whataburger and they're like, what's Chicago's. And the only thing that I could think of that was like fast foody and not deep dish pizza was Portillo's. And since we talked about it that day, like I just had been craving, <laughs> craving yeah, the it's, entire it's time. Easy to talk it. yourself into it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. for sure. Now, will you, under normal circumstances, like how often will you travel with the team uh, in a normal season? Normally, I'd, I don't travel. This was this was the first time that I've ever traveled with the team. Um, I'm I'm hoping that'll that'll change moving forward. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm definitely open to it because I I did have a lot of fun and was able to get some great content and different perspective that we definitely would not have had had I not gone. Now, I, I can imagine that some people might find it intimidating to interview and be around professional athletes. Um, what was your experience like that? You had mentioned being in the same elevator with uh, with Bird and and others. Um, when when did when does it become normal, or does it ever become uh, normal uh, in terms of being in awe, uh, being around professional athletes, and all of that? And and what's what's that experience like? Um, when I first started, I definitely was nervous to work with the athletes, um, but now it's it's. It's just another day to me. I mean, to me, they're like my coworkers. Um, I think having been with the Sky for as long as I have been, too, I've been able to build up the relationships with the players on our team. We have a good core of the team that's been there as long as I have. Um, so they're, they all know me and they're comfortable with me. And, you know, I don't see them as just professional athletes. Like I know them as people. So it's it's gotten a lot easier Um 
being in the bubble this year was a little bit strange for me though just because I you know I don't I haven't worked with players from other teams before so you never know how their personalities are or um, if they want to talk to you or not but from the ones that I did have conversations with like everyone was just so nice and you just got to look at them like they're they're people they're human they're not gonna you know come at you for saying hi to them yeah, for sure now do you have uh, in terms of production would you rather be behind the camera behind the microphone or behind the computer editing of the of those three areas i mean you can do all of them but which one do you feel that you're most uh, talented and 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 like the most I get asked this question every time I do something like this and I it's hard for me to decide between shooting and and editing. Um I really enjoy both of them so much. Um with the camera just looking for different perspectives and angles and how can you, you know, create the story through the lens and then in post-production put actually getting to put the story together and and seeing how everything all the pieces just of this puzzle come together and fit together and you get the nice package little bow at the end. Um, so it's, it's hard for me to decide. I, I think shooting has probably been my strongest point. Um, but I do enjoy editing and the storytelling side of it that comes with it. Who do you, is there a particular network or team that you look at and you're, and you're like, yeah, I, li- I like what they do. Obviously what you do is great, but like, is there any, like, is there any, um, type of contemporary or, you know, that you look at, is it a network or is it a particular team where you're like, you, you can say like, ah, yeah, I know that particular style that they do and, uh, and you enjoy their particular work. Um, yeah, I mean, on Twitter, there's, there's like a hashtag, it's SM, SM sports, it's social media sports essentially. And so there's, I follow so many just different creatives on, on Twitter. One of my favorites is probably, uh, his name's Cameron Good. He used to work for the Bears and he ended up going the freelance route, but his stuff was just so incredible. And, and I think he really kind of changed the way that their social media looked. And so I, I love following his work and, and everything that he's, he does. Um, one of my friends, she actually, she actually interned with me now, but she's kind of like my mentee. Uh, her name's Crystal and she, she's a phenomenal editor. Like she can just make anything look amazing. And so I, I do enjoy following her work. She got to do some stuff with the MLB this year. So it was awesome to see what she was able to crank out with them. You have the extra type of opportunity to kind of bring into light the type of athleticism and um, in, in many regards, the kind of hero uh, uh, stature of female athletes a- as represented in the WNBA. How do you see that as an opportunity uh, for, uh, again, kind of making the um, representation of the female athlete so much more uh, commonly accepted and just really celebrated uh, more? I think that's probably one of my favorite things about working in the WNBA and working with female athletes and, and just being able to tell their stories. I mean, there's just so much negative, 
just negativity out there, I guess, about the league and about female sports in general. So having worked with these athletes for four years now and getting to know them and, and the work that they do in the community is, is amazing. And they don't get enough credit for everything that they do. I mean, aside from just playing basketball, um, like social justice was a huge platform for the WNBA this summer and they, they definitely made waves. So just being able to document that and, and show that, you know, these women are standing up for, for what's right and for themselves and defending themselves and their, their abilities as athletes. Um, and I'm just really happy that I get to be a part of the storytelling process for them. Amber, at the end of uh, the interviews, I usually like to ask our guests if they could kind of leave our current Wildcats that might be listening to this with some advice for success. What would you provide uh, as a little pearl of wisdom for uh, our current Wildcats? Um, I would say if, if production is something that you're interested in and you have a passion for, just just go out there and create. It doesn't matter what kind of camera you use. I think a lot of times people get too caught up on the gear and do you have a good camera? Do you have the latest model Sony? Do you have the latest model Canon? Like That's not important. Uh, whatever you decide to shoot on, just, just tell the story. Um, as long as you have a story, people are going to watch it. So I would just say to get out there and create as much as possible. Yeah, I love that. I mean, just we, we are so wired for narrative. And if you can get the right story, we'll listen. I love that. Amber, thank you so much for your time today. This was a great interview. And uh, I look forward to sharing this with uh, all our current Wildcats. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you want to find past episodes, go to Apple Music podcasts and search we go vox